This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for 2020 models and special offers. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Good morning, Canada. Welcome to GTC, episode two of season 10. How long do we say season 10 and, and kind of go like, is it like uh, Happy New Year, Bob? Like now it's February, we got to stop <laughs> gotta saying Take happy. your Christmas lights down. That's it, exactly. <laughs> How are we doing, okay? I think we're doing great, yeah. It's been a good, uh, we had a good time yesterday. We were yeah. doing a little uh, testing up at TaylorMade. I went down, also spent a few... Uh, a little bit of time down at the Toronto Golf and Travel Show. Met with some good folks from Cape Breton last night. They got some, always got some good stuff on the go, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah. I was uh, supposed to go and check that out. And um, we're going to talk a little uh, golf show later on in hour two of the program. We're going to give away two tickets to the uh, travel Golf and Travel Show, as well as uh, a couple of uh, pieces of tailor-made headwear mm, that nice. uh, they told us to give away yesterday when we saw them. We're actually talk a little bit in Scully time today about our experience. Experience yesterday at the performance lab. Yes, yours truly was in there uh, reconstructing the wheel for yeah. about three again. hours yet again, again yet again. Uh, but I've got to be in my bonnet, Bob, and we're going to get into it in the first hour today. And it's all about that distance report and the RNA and USGA and their findings of uh, where they've been digging over the last uh, year or so, uh, gathering information and, and going through an analysis to. to I guess, define or discover from a governing body standpoint whether golf has a distance problem. And uh, it's up for debate. And we're going to jump into it head first today. We're going to do Winner's Weird and What. We'll get you caught up on leaderboards from around the world of golf, as always, in Hour 2. Get some skelly time. But let's kick into it right now with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Now, speaking of McKenzie Tour, Bob, they've announced their schedule for the year. We, yeah. we touched base on it last week with the Ontario Open and the uh, Canadian Tour, McKenzie Tour, PG Tour Canada, venturing into the U.S. for the first time, but now the full schedule is out. They've got it finalized, sort of. They've got all, all the stops, <laughs> but they've teased us with, uh, with one, with, which I'll get into in just a second. Of course, the Ontario Open. Woodington Lake, August 27th to 30th. That is a new event. Right. The other new event comes the week after that. Uh, no, sorry, the uh, week before that. It's the CRMC Championship in uh, Brainerd, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So that's a new one. They've actually renamed uh, the tournament in Manitoba and Winnipeg. It's now back to the Manitoba Open. So yes. they're doing kind of what the Ontario Open I like did. this theme that I we're do. re... Yes. Yeah. And then the, the tease was July 2nd to 5th. There's a TBD on the schedule if you go to it right now. There's yes. going to be another event in Prince Edward Island which they're going to announce, I think, this week. Uh, they just haven't quite got all the uh, I's dotted and the T's crossed on the contract, from what I'm told, but um, they're going to have one out there as well. So uh, it's, I think, 13 stops out there. It's an interesting travel schedule. For instance, you're going to go from Lethbridge to Prince Edward Island uh, to Ontario for the Osprey Valley <laughs> Championship, back to Windsor, and then out to Calgary. Uh, so there's some traveling this is, around. Th- once this is locked in and settled, and you know, it's interesting because there's something that that caught my eye this morning about the PGA Tour schedule. And when the new schedule came out, you and I were kind of wondering who are going to be the winners and who are going to be the losers of the new schedule. And I think that's starting to take shape. To the same point with this, once this settles in, I think they're, they might have to do a little bit of rejigging to get these guys moving west to east at some point because the bouncing around 
is, is not be. ideal, right? Now, I don't know how many guys actually drive from coast to coast anymore. This like is the true. Old days, so they may uh, they may be a little bit more apt to to maybe uh, to Bob put will, it in this form. We'll let we'll lend them the uh, private jet, the golf yeah, okay. the private jet. Now, That's good. speaking of that, next week Riviera, nine of the top ten in the world are going to be at Riviera. So we're talking strength of field and changing in schedule. You know, we we've looked at some of the the, the problem events now. You look at the Florida swing, and you're wondering in the Florida swing, you know, who who's going to lose here? Because there's too many, you know, we're going Bay Hill, Honda, Players Championship, Valspar. Last year was Valspar that kind of took the hit on the field uh, in the Florida swing because of now the strength of, of all those in a row. Uh, Canadian Open, of course, RBC did exceptionally well. Looks like Riviera is becoming a spot for a lot of guys to say, I'm kind of starting my calendar year there. It's just too many co- good tournaments that, and you just can't play them all. I had a conversation with a couple of guys this week um, at an event, and they were sort of saying that it's tough to find your schedule and and miss out on some of the tournaments that you might like. Yeah. So there are there are guys who've played Pebble Beach for years who aren't playing it. There are guys who played Tory for years that didn't play it. So you just ha- you just can't play them all though. How fitting would it be if Tiger grabs eighty three, where it all started almost thirty years ago, as a sixteen year old at Riviera? Wouldn't that be great? Exactly. Go back to that sixteen year old thirty years ago and ask him. You know, roughly thirty years from now, you're going to break Sna- Sam Snead's record right here on this golf course. Like just to have that conversation, that time machine, very cool. Speaking of time machines. Uh, Phil Mickelson playing well this week on the PGA Tour, but earlier this week he made news, Bob, suggesting that if the USGA opted to offer him a special exemption for the U.S. Open, that he would say no. That if he does not qualify for the Open Championship at Wingfoot, we know the history back in 2006, what happened at Wingfoot, that he would say no. If he doesn't qualify, he's not going. He's a proud man. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want that handout. Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of that stems back to the fact that he still feels he can make it on his own, and you know, he's putting in a good performance at Pebble, which, as again, we'll get into. Uh, and he played well last week, finally in uh, Saudi Arabia. So there's some um, there's some reason for him to believe that he will make it on his own mm-hmm. merits, and I think that's uh, that's what he wants to do. He said if he doesn't get in via the uh, qualification, he'll actually like the mm-hmm. preset qualifications. He'll actually go to the Monday qualifier, so that that would be interesting to see Phil play that. Would be very interesting. See, he needs to crack the top sixty in the world fourteen days prior to the start of the U.S. Open. Of course, a win would certainly probably vault him, sitting currently at seventy-two in the official World Golf Ranking. So, a win would certainly do the trick for Lefty. And finally, the distance report, Bob. It came, oh, sorry, Ernie Els. Before we get to this report, yeah, interesting comments. Ernie Els has come out and said that uh, he's out as President's Cup captain. Mm-hmm. He is not going to take a second shot at it. He said he did the best he could. He, um, he told the PGA Tour that he wasn't going to do it. Commissioner Jay Monahan asked him to reconsider. He went back to the drawing board and talked to his wife, and, but just came back and said, no, you know, I've, I've done it. I've done my duty, and that was as good as I can do it. Now, I think, I think what this does is kind of sets up a little bit of a problem for the, for the international side because I think they were expecting... Els would go two, so he would do the next one in 2021. 2023, in all likelihood, will be played at Royal Montreal. That would be perfect for Mike Weir to come in and take over as the uh, captain there. But I don't think Mike wants to take it in 2021. He's just starting his his Champions Tour career. Uh, so to take that on at the same time as he's going to start as a Champions Tour, I'm not sure. So This is an interesting, interesting yeah, situation. Do they go back to the well with Nick Price for a one-off? Might do that. Maybe get Gary Player back. <laughs> be interesting to see, uh, you know, in a one-off scenario. 
to, well, to set up Weir for for Royal Montreal, right? Yeah, or you uh, or you take uh, Jeff Ogilvy, put him in one because it's not going to go back to Australia for a little while, so he might be a possibility. He was an uh, assistant captain, so I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. It's going to be very interesting. They said though that they'll announce the captain probably within a month. Wow. Okay. So ears ears up uh, for that announcement coming. It's going to be interesting to see, and you know, more uh, Canadians obviously engaged with that announcement than ever before, simply because of the Mike Weir effect and what it means at Royal Montreal, which is what we all want to see is an international team, team captain by Mike Weir at the location that he took Tiger Woods down in singles when Tiger was Tiger. One of the the best Canadian golf experiences and moments in my life. All right, Bob, uh, we're going to get to it now. The distance report, it came out this week. Uh, Golf World kind of got lit up on fire. It brings in so many ramifications, so many. And we put out a a Twitter poll at Golf Talk Canada, and we want to know from you at Golf Talk Canada, do we have a distance problem? What is the best option here? Do we roll back equipment? Is it bifurcation of, of the professional game and amateur game? Is it that we don't have a problem at all? Is it something else? For me, a lot of it is something else. For me, something very simple that they could do could solve all of this that would prevent, you know, where you wouldn't have to do a rollback. We're going to yeah. get into it. So what, before we flip to the other side, because okay. we're going to run some audio, I want, I want to ask you just very quickly, what your initial reaction when you first heard the first couple statements coming out on, on the distance support? Um, I was surprised that both the governing bodies were basically admitting that they have dropped the ball on this. That's kind of was the theme of that report to an extent for me. Now, we should point out this report doesn't offer any kind of solutions. No. It's just saying, here is what we think is the impact, right. and here are the issues that it's causing. Are you telling me? That the USGA and the RNA have let the horses leave the barn for 40 years and now they're trying to put them back? Boy, Bob, that's a shock. All right, on the other side, we're going to call in skulls. We're going to get deeper into this, the three of us. We're going to hear from uh, Martin Slumbers, Mike Davis. We've got a quote, a response from Jay Monahan, and we'll dive into this. The distance report, how is distance affecting golf? Is it affecting golf? Is it time to separate the amateur game and the pro game? Or is there a simpler solution staring everybody in the face and no one is seeming to deal with it? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision-crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for 2020 models and special offers. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome to Golf Talk Canada's Zucchino Weeks. And we've brought in Adam Scully because we're going to dive deep into this distance report. And there are a lot of opinions floating around. In just uh, moments, we're going to hear from Mike Davis and then Martin Slumber. But before we throw to Davis, uh, which is the... The USGA lead, obviously, on this conversation. Here is the nuts and bolts. The USGA and the RNA release key findings on impacts in the distance of golf earlier this week. Over 100 years of data was compiled with 56 supporting documents. A 15-page conclusions paper also followed uh, by both governing bodies. Again, to Bob's point, 
There is no solutions offered on this time. There are some suggestions and some ideas that have opened up a few can of worms, but certainly no decisions. There is references to working with manufacturers, professional tours, things of that nature. A couple of the the highlights that came out of this that I found very interesting, and this was, I believe, a Mike Davis line, that every generation's assumption that they should be able to hit it further than the generation before is a trend that needs to stop for the game of golf. I'm not necessarily against that. Uh, they've put some things in place in the last 10 years with uh, trampoline effects, COR, et cetera, to, to cool back how hot a face of a driver could be, et cetera. And the gains in distance in the last few years compared to the turn of the century are not as dramatic. You look at the late 90s into the two, early 2000s, and it was absolutely dramatic, the gains in distance. Um, they're worried that the core principles of the game are changing, that some of the skill level in the game is, is not being reflected. These are not the roots and heritage of the game, etc., etc. All right, let's hear from Mike Davis, Martin Slumbers, and then we'll give you the Jay Monahan quote from a PGA Tour perspective. Let's start with the USGA's Mike Davis. The last two years, the RNA and the USJ have been re- really solely focused on collecting data on this increased distance and the impact it's had on the game, how the game's played, how it's impacted golf courses, and, and looking to the future. So we haven't gotten into the solution stage. We're now going to be going into the exploratory you know, phase of this, and I think we want input from the golf community here. This will just be one of you know, a handful or several topics that are offered up, looking at making sure the game is sustainable, enjoyable for, for many generations to come. This idea that every generation uh, feels it has to hit it further than, than the previous is, is something we just don't feel is in keeping with the long-term best interest of the game. And I guess to analogize to other sports, you don't see other sports continually having to change their playing fields, to change their stadiums, their arenas, to, to do what golf's basically done for over 100 years. So we just want to break that cycle of, of seeing golf courses feeling like they have to change. Uh, that, I, I, hard to argue with Mike Davis's comments there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an economic issue, Bob, as you said. It's also an environmental one, is it not? For sure, in many ways. I mean, listen, if you, if you have to lengthen your golf course, if you have to use more, uh, more land, you've got you to spend more money to, to take care of that land. You've got to use more water. You've got to use more fertilizer. You've got to hire probably more people. If you're, if, you know, if you're a 76-yard, um, a 100-yard golf course or a 6,200-yard golf course, it probably takes more people to cut the grass. So there's all sorts of parts about that. The other interesting thing I found in this is that you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pointed out that there's a lot of people playing from the wrong tees because there's a culture of playing long golf courses. People should not be playing from 7,200 if there are 15 handicaps. But it, it also is pointed out that a lot of courses don't offer tees that are suitable for where those people should be playing. So it's not just about guys hitting the golf ball 350 yards. It's, there's a lot into this. And I will say that the one thing we were talking about, how I, I'm just shocked that the guys have actually admitted that, okay, we got a problem here. And the dire statements that they came out with here are, you know, this is like a turning point of the game for the long-term future of the game. That was Mike Davis said that. And I just think, I think he, he, it's going to take a while to sort this out and keep everybody happy, and I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how they do it either. Before we hear from Martin Slumber Scully, um, you, you barely remember 
golf being played where, you know, when I grew up as a kid watching the professional tour, you know, the guy who was in the top 10 in driving accuracy had, you know, a a lot to do with how he was going to do at the professional level, how his season was going to turn out. You know, a lot of times you could correlate driving accuracy in certain events to who was going to be at the top of the leaderboard. To, To a certain extent, Week in, week out, if we're talking about an average tour event on any tour, not just PGA Tour, European, etc., you throw driving accuracy out the window. It's a different game. When you heard this, your initial reaction from your perspective is, do we have a distance problem in your well, mind? It's the same thing. If they come out with this report, there's, the, there's no solution. So it's sort of, in my perspective, it's why come out with this report if there's no immediate solution right away. Uh, but you talked about some, some of the uh, accuracy uh, I look back to the PGA Championship last year. You, you look at the top of the leaderboard. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy at a backdoor top 10. Gary Woodland was also somewhat in the mix. These are the longest hitters in the game, and that rough was very penal, very thick. Um, and they were just bombing everywhere. And sort of, and because they're stronger athletes, they can hack it out of the rough if they're in there and get it on the green. So uh, as we talked a little yesterday course setup, course design can really change a lot of things here. And we're going to get into that because to me, this is the obvious thing that none of these people are talking about, that they're all ignoring. And I think we're talking about two separate problems. To Bob's point, and and through Bob's lens, which is the, the accurate lens because golf isn't about what these guys are doing on TV on the weekend. That's not how golf is affecting people's lives, participation around the world. We've got a problem here for less than 1%, well less than 1% of the golfing planet, and no problem for anybody else. And, and that's how I instantly read this. I don't know about you guys, but I don't play with anybody who walks off the golf course and says, I'm hitting it too far and the game is too easy. <laughs> I've never heard that. I have never heard that. So we've got our governing bodies about to make huge overhauls that affect less than one percent. Now that being said, though, why are we still? Why are we building these golf courses? To Bob's point, why are we building? Everybody out there building a golf course like the PGA Tours come to town and the top four hundred in the planet might show up at any given time. It's ridiculous. No one should be playing these tees. No one needs to play eight thousand yards. It, it is dumb. It is just dumb. It is econ- It's an economic blueprint for failure. It is environmentally irresponsible. It is not fun. It is expensive. And I'm sorry, golf course owner, DJ ain't coming. Right? Uh, before we continue, and I completely lose my temper on this topic, <laughs> let's hear from uh, the head of the RNA, uh, Martin Slumber, and uh, the RNA's angle on their findings. We as a game move from the locker room conversation, the media conversation is of how far did you hit the ball on 15? Did you get on the par five in two? Did you get past the tree? And move back to what golf is really about, which is what did you score? And did you win your match? And I I really hope that the output of this is that we move back to court the golf's real heart, which is what did you score? And did you win your match? Well, from Martin Slummer's uh, angle, I think he's completely completely off base because the reason people talk about that in the locker room, Bob, is because we're incapable of it. They want to say, <laughs> hey, I almost did something like the guy on TV, right? You know, well, you know, that comment to me was the one that stood out a lot on that conference call. It's it's just to me, 
uh, what did you score and and did you win your match? That might be that, that sounds to me like a like a, a European take, but mm-hmm. for me it's it should be did you have fun? That yeah, should be the number one you. question. Did you enjoy your day? Did you have fun? Who cares what you shot uh, to a certain extent? I mean, everybody likes to post a low score, but it's not about winning matches. It's about going out and enjoying yourself. And if you're uh, hit trying to hit three woods into every par four. Then how is that? The yeah, point? how is that? Enjoy yourself. The PGA Tour's response to this is, and his, I find this interesting because Jay Monahan basically, in so many words, has suggested w- the PGA Tour will not be in support of a rollback. But the thing that's sure. interesting here is nowhere did anybody actually use the term rollback from the RNA. In fact, they said the opposite that they're not considering or they're not looking. They brought up a a, a, a very confusing. Solution. I don't even call it a solution because they said that they won't come out with solutions, but they hinted towards the, the potential of local rules for equipment. This is ridiculous. So in other words, if you're at Marion playing a U.S. Open mm-hmm. versus Torrey Pines playing a U.S. Open, which is 800 yards difference, that... In theory, they would support a local rule in the game of golf that would allow the USGA to have a certain ball in play for that week only. That is a rollback golf ball under local rules because the course is 800 yards. Now, if I'm a manufacturer, I'm actually licking my chops at this, guys. I am At first, the manufacturer's like, no rollback. That means less sales. That means that. Hold on a second. Now we're going to have... Think of the divisions of golf balls and drivers from a manufacturer. This is our driver lineup for the 6,000 and under course. Mm. This is our golf ball lineup and driver lineup for the 7,000 and under. Oh, and this is our driver lineup if you're playing a golf course over 7,000. Like, think of the can of worms this opens from a manufacturer standpoint. That's what they're suggesting. I think it's idiotic and ridiculous. But how else do you interpret a local rule for equipment? Bob? Well, sure, that's what they're going to say is they, they want to have that option. And these are, it should be pointed out, the way this study has been done is basically they've, here's they've come, they've identified issues that distance causes. Now they're going to go back and they're going to, within 45 days, they're going to release what they say are the targets they're going to go and try and find answers to. And then it'll be at least a year or so before anything happens in terms of some solutions. But, you know, I think what they're doing is saying, let's put everything on the table. Let's make it uh, uh, an option, mm-hmm. and then we can see if these things work. The, the local rule thing obviously just speaks right to Augusta National. Mm-hmm. 100%. Which you could have, because they're the only yes. body, really, that runs the own tournament without an association attached to it. And they could say, okay, guys, you want to play the Masters? You're going to use this ball. Right. But, again, that, that just goes into now how do these guys, how much time do they have to, to, uh, to learn this golf ball? Mm-hmm. Um, is it unfair for a guy like, say, Corey Connors, who got in at the last minute last year compared to someone who's had three months to train with the ball? I don't know. It's, as I say, there's so many questions that come out of this that, that yeah. need to be answered. On the other side, we're going to let you know what the Twitter universe is suggesting. Uh, and then I want everybody's take on if they had a magic wand, if you were the head of World Golf Federation, the Makeup Federation, maybe the people behind the new league. Just kidding. Uh, what would you do with a magic wand if you could make a call right now and why? So I want to get that take. And if they decide, to Bob's point, Augusta National, say everybody's going to play with this high-spin golf ball from 1995, let's just hand the green jacket to Tiger right now. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. All right, welcome back to GTC as Scully Weeksy and I jump into the distance debate. Uh, we asked the Twitter universe, what is the best way to solve the distance problem? Of course, there's an assumption in that question that we have a distance problem. <laughs> 46% of our Twitter audience right now is suggesting we don't have a problem. That's leading. 32% is suggesting we should roll back equipment. 15% is in favor of bifurcation, and 7% is suggesting other. Now, we don't have a problem. I'm kind of in that column, but I'm in that column with a couple of check marks. There's some obvious problems, and and the big ones are, are in the amateur game to what Bob was suggesting. Is that we're just building golf courses that are not built for recreational golf. We're building golf courses like the U.S. Open's coming to town. Makes no sense. There's uh, all the economical and environmental issues that go along with it. These pace of play issues. You've got these people that can barely get... Everybody I know hits at 300 yards. I don't know anybody. I, I play yeah. with a handful of people that hit at 300 yards, and I play with a lot of good players. One of them sitting at this table, by the way. <laughs> and it ain't Bob and I. Mm. Uh, Four right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, everybody hits at 300. Then you go out and watch these guys, and they're pumping it, you know, good full 218 yep. down the right side. <laughs> and everybody's, you know, so, you know, get your head out of your new year, uh, out of your, you know what, okay? But what I will say is this. Speaking from a professional level only, because in my mind, it's two, a very different conversation of uh, how we build golf courses and how we're environmentally uh, responsible and the economic model. It's a very different conversation than what's happening every week, week in and week out on the PGA Tour. So here's what I've been saying for 10 years since this show started. Last year, RBC Heritage one of the absolute shortest golf courses on the PGA Tour. CT Pan wins at 12 under par. Last year, at the Valspar Championship, one of the shortest golf courses on the PGA Tour, Paul Casey wins at 8 under par. So we have a single-digit under par and a 12 under par on the PGA Tour of two golf courses of, in modern-day terms, would be considered short golf courses. Corrales, Pudicana Championship, one of the longest golf courses on the PGA Tour. Graham McDowell, who is not a bomber of the golf ball, wins at 18 under par on a long golf course. Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow, absolute beast, especially after the Renault for the PGA Championship. 15 under, Max Homa. Okay? We all know what happened at the U.S. Open when they played one of the longest courses in modern-day <laughs> history. Brooks Kepka won at 16 under par. A bunch of new records, yeah. Why... Is it so bloody obvious that if you make them put the ball in the fairway, make them shape shots, bring a little bit of 1980 into 2020, make them hit it left to right, make them hit it right to left, pick a side of the fairway, miss the fairway it's punishing, put the ball on the proper side of the flag. All the things that we used to do in the professional game, Bob, when you first started covering these games, those are the things you would talk about when you went to a golf tournament that we don't talk about anymore. Why is it so bloody obvious it's right there in relation to par when if they set up a golf course that puts a premium on all aspects of the game, including shaping the ball and keeping it in the fairway, these guys don't dominate. 
They can gouge it as far as they want, and it rarely matters. We go to 7,800 yards, we give them 200-yard wide fairways, and all of a sudden they're 1,600, 2,800, and yet we got a distance problem. I also heard somebody on the Golf Channel, can't remember who it is, say, we got to drench the fairways and make the, the rough longer. Are you insane? The fairway's got to be as narrow and as hard as possible. Drench the rough and grow it up. You saw what they did to Hamilton at, at the Canadian Open. We had a torrential rains leading in. The summer arrived Thursday morning. Give them a hard Hamilton. Those scores would have come down. Mm-hmm. All right. If you had the magic wand, we're going to go around the table. If you had the magic wand, to me, I wouldn't do anything right now. I would cap where we are. I'd say, guys, that is it. I'd stay very much where we are right now in terms of science and technology. And I would set up courses different. I would close back tee decks at public venues. I would build shorter golf courses. I would take a, a different approach to amateur versus pro. That's what I do. Scully, what would you do if you had the magic wand right now? I mean, at, at every year, we, you know, we're at TaylorMade, and, and, and we always think, you know, how much further can they go? Like, they always talk about going to the limit, and I think you would think this is the limit, no? Um, but then you look at, you know, course design as well. Um, my example, you look at Royal Melbourne at the, the President's Cup. Like, if you weren't on the right side of the fairway, you just couldn't get it close to the hole, regardless of if you were 20 yards or 130 yards away. It's just I think it's, it's all course setup, and I, I did some Thank digging you. as well. Um, so like the scores of the Masters, for example, you know, obviously that stays at Augusta National every year. 2010, 16 under. 2011, 14 under. 2012, 10 under. 2013, 9 under. 2014, 8 under. 2015, 18 under speed. 2016, 5 under. 2017, 9 under. 2018, 15 under. 2019, 13 under. So that, those are the winning scores at Augusta National. Never you know, too high, it, but it's all depending on the conditions, right? It's it all set colder there. Yeah. Some of the weather as well. Yeah. Factors into it. Right. So you would not touch equipment? Would you f- freeze equipment? Would you put a ceiling on it? Or, or I certainly would not roll it back. I would be in a, a, open to a discussion of, of freezing it, which they kind of already did in 2011 with COR, et cetera, mm-hmm. but maybe the ball needs to be looked at now. But would you roll back? I wouldn't roll back. It, w- it would just give, it would make things too confusing for, you know, the amateur player out there, you know, wanting to take, use a, I think some amateurs would, would want to use the pros ball because Tiger Woods uses a pros ball and you know hit it ten percent shorter or whatever. I just don't see that being an option. Bob Magic Wand and is is it a completely different conversation when we're talking about what we're watching on TV and what we're covering versus the game for the for the recreational player? Yeah, they're two big things, and that's why I think if you look at most sports right now, there is bifurcation. In baseball, uh, you can go in, in all sorts of different aspects of, of sports where there are different rules for different levels. And it may, it may come to that, but, um, you know, I don't know. There's, there's no one, I don't think there's any one way to handle this deal. And if you're talking about the PGA Tour, Jim Furyk offered a pretty good explanation to me this week. He said, what you should do is grow the rough at six inches at 340 yards, uh, four inches at 310 yards. So the further down you go, the bomb and gouge guys. I think that's a great right? idea. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that stood out for me in the report was a, a comment from Martin Slumbers how the skill of shot making um, has really gone away in major championships now for so many players. There's not a lot of different variety of shots. It's big drivers and wedges on so many of the holes out there that the skill level is very different than what you needed 25 years ago. 100%. To play, to play something like that. So... You know, I don't know if there's a, a right solution. The other part of the whole, the whole other part of this, of course, is just what we we're talking about before: is how does it affect 
the amateur player, and how do the two rules interact if there's not bifurcation? Can you can they coexist? Can you still have PGA Tour pros hitting at 340 and most of the rest of the world struggling to hit at 230? Right. You know, so mm -hmm. I'm not sure. There's no easy answer here, but uh, I where do you sit, Bob, on bifurcation? And not only where do you sit on that for the people that are in resistance to it in many of the old school hallways uh, in the world of golf what do you what do you think their main uh their main reason is to be so against it because i think it's just been this one rule the all way long it's tradition you've had the same you can play whatever tiger woods is playing you can play the same course from the same tees if you want to play for with those guys you know there's there's been developments technological developments in sport over the years that have changed the face of sport the biggest one that i can think of off the top of my head Remember those swimsuits a number of years ago that the mm. Olympic athletes were wearing? And the guys were breaking record after record after record. Yeah. And they had to pull them back. They had to just say, look, whoa, whoa, we can't, we can't do right. that. We're so rewriting they, history. But now you've got records that stand that'll probably, I don't know if they'll be broken or not because of that. And the same thing is going on now in, in running where they've got this super shoe. And basically every marathon record, every distance record has been obliterated in the last little while. Do you, start, do you haul it back? You know, like, do you change the rules now um, for these PGA Tour players and guys who hit it 340 now will never hit it again. I don't know. It's it's not, it, it was, not easy. It was the same thing in hockey when they're talking about bigger nets. Exactly. You know, it, would, it would just change the record. Right. Or, or for goalies using smaller bigger equipment. Equipment, right. You know? But it's it's just, it's a fascinating thing. But one other thing before we go to no, break. No, no, we got time. Um, the, the, the talk about, you know, in this day and age, every golfer is in the gym. Every golfer is an athlete. Look at Bryson yeah. DeChambeau. Like, yeah. he, he looks like... He looks like Macho Man right now. He went now. overnight yeah. and put that on, too. Yeah, which is and, and so Phil, had, Phil Mickelson had some interesting comments uh, about this. He said, I also don't feel that you should punish the athletes for getting be better. You look at what Bryson has done getting... Sorry, look at what Bryson has done getting in the gym. That doesn't make any sense. Getting after it, lifting weights, hitting bombs, and now you're talking about trying to roll it back because he has made himself a better athlete. So I don't know. I agree with that. But I, I see at that point doesn't hold water with me because Bryson is still... If you, if you have a different ball for everything, the longer hitters are still going to be the longer hitters. They're yeah. just going to hit it 300 instead of 340. You know, so that, that doesn't hold much water with me. Before we go to break, guys, uh, where, do, where do we think this lands? We're willing to take any guesses. This land in bifurcation? Does this land in a rollback? Does this land in anything other than a continuing conversation? I, I don't believe a rollback's coming. I really don't. I don't know. You would have to do a big sales job on the manufacturer's to do a rollback or to do bifurcation. And I don't know if the, I mean, if you said to the manufacturers, look, the fate of our game is on the rides with you guys, then maybe they'll buy into it. But um, I don't know. I like, like you're selling, you're selling equipment to 90% of the people and you want them to buy it. It's going to be tough to sell. Mm -hmm. Hey, this year's driver is shorter. Yeah. <laughs> we'll lose 12 yards. Yeah. yeah. Well, a few things on this that we didn't touch on that I, I, I've got to highlight before we go to break. I love Dustin Johnson's on this. His, his <laughs> statement was the best. Yeah. I saw the email. It looked too long, so I just didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, for me, was my favorite. Well done, DJ. Uh, I think that Jim Furyk, I didn't hear that idea about I think that. That's you, brilliant. Well, you know, think about it. it I'm, as soon as you said that comment, I kind of started to think about it in other terms because w the USGA introduced graduated rough about 10 years ago where the further you missed from center to left and right you right. got more penal and rough right so why not create graduated rough in depth yeah why it seems like such a no-brainer concept he's such a smart guy yeah it's br <laughs> i think it's brilliant yeah um 
I think that's a wonderful idea. Uh, Patrick Penny, who's listening to us this morning, said uh, basically I'm 100% right. So he's my new <laughs> wow. favorite listener. Shot shaping, challenging courses, right side of the fairway, proper side of the flag. Bring those elements back into the game like we do. And all of a sudden, this might not even be a, 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 a topic of conversation mm-hmm. anymore. You know? agree, so, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to have to stay on top of this. There's, there's so much to get into. We, like, we barely got into what bifurcation might look like, the positives of that, the negatives of that. You know, Men's hockey on a Friday night in a men's hockey league, doesn't look anything like the NHL. So That's not good, eh? Uh, it depends if you're watching the Leafs in their own zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yet, every time somebody goes to a golf course on a Saturday morning, they think they're Rory McIlroy. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. All right, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on all things GTC, tee up hour two, and let you know how you can win some tailor-made lids and some tickets to the Toronto Golf and Travel Show in hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada. Celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. And we're putting a bow on hour one of GTC. Sean Roy Selms tweets in Bob, and he says, weren't they going to destroy Marion because it was too short? And you know how many times I've spoken about Marion and how short it was, and Justin Rose won it one over par of the U.S. Open there. The unfortunate part with that was that they had to absolutely bastardize what is a great golf course to do that, and they grew eight-inch rough. Mm-hmm. You know, I Don't was you remember that, uh, that was one of uh, three or four Phil Mickelson years of we're going to hurt ourselves? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, actually, there were a couple of guys who did hurt themselves. Yeah. Um, young amateur, I can't remember, but... You know, that to me is a perfect example of what a golf course, if, if you were playing a ball or if, if players didn't hit it that far, how many different kinds of shots they would have had to play. Now, they did, they did have to scale back a little bit in, in kind of some of their shots, but um, it was, uh, it, I would have loved to have seen that play, that kind of a golf course under like 1975 distances. Right. Right. Yeah. It would be interesting. Now, anyway. speaking of young amateurs, Bob, mm. the 2009 world number one amateur is leading on the PGA Tour. That <laughs> yes, would be Canada's true. own Nick Taylor. Now, l- normally we don't do leaderboard updates until hour or two later in the show, but we got a Canadian with a chance to win on the PGA Tour with rounds of 63 and 66 sitting on top of the leaderboard at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am ahead of Jason Day and Phil Mickelson. So let's take a little pause here and hear from Nick Taylor. Different venue, uh, different golf course kind of helps that. It's just a different holes in front of you and you kind of focus on that. But, uh, you know, I got through the middle of the round with, with saving a good bogey on 12 and, and was able to make some of the nice putts coming in to, to turn it into a great round. Okay, let's, let's dig in more to that 12th hole because you hadn't made a bogey in the tournament up until that point. Uh-huh. You make that nice six-and-a-half-footer down the hill. That kept the momentum going, and then you just boat raced 
the last six holes. Yeah, it was, you know, I really didn't think I hit that poor of a shot on that part three. Kind of went over the green. It wasn't in a great spot. Um, you know, and again, it was a great six-footer to keep that bogey. And, and then uh, I, I had some opportunities coming out on every hole almost, so it was, it was nice to take advantage of those. And uh, another good save on 16 as well. So it was, it was just a good good scoring day for sure. You see a player shoot the scores that you shot, and, and we automatically think, okay, this player has hit on something. And, and, and we're, we're always curious to see what that is. But is it that or is it more of a maintenance for Nick Taylor? Yeah, you know, I feel like my game's been pretty solid for a while. This this season, I've been consistent. You know, a few fine rounds here there haven't been what I wanted or, or some, some putting rounds haven't been what I wanted. But, uh, again, everything's been solid, tee to green. Um, you know, a few long iron shots yesterday and today have been awesome, and that's really, I think, been the difference. And, you know, I've been rolling in putts, so I feel like I'm reading pretty well, and my speed's been good, so it's, it's always a good combination. Only one bogey across 36 holes, Bob, for Nick Taylor looking for his second career PGA Tour victory. Yeah, I spent some time with Nick on Monday, and uh, he was – he didn't give any indication that he was like on the verge of something great, but he just talked about how consistent he's been. And one of the things he said as goals for this year was to try and take those kind of 50th and 40th finishes, place finishes, and move those into 30th and 20th. And I mean, man, his putter, I don't know if you saw the last five holes on crazy. Uh, on, yeah. Just, Putting just into amazing, a bathtub. Right? Hitting great shots. He hit it on 17. He hit it to like four and a half feet on 18. He rolled in about an 18 footer. Um, it's interesting to see what happens today. The toughest of the three courses. It's going to be the windiest of the three days so far. And when you look behind you, you know there's Jason Some Day, big there's names. Phil Nicholson, and guys coming up. So um, obviously Nick's got to um, got to keep his his eyes going forward rather than looking over his shoulder. But I always have said this that I think Nick Taylor is too good a golfer not to play, not to have better results than he's had. And I think what he wants to try and feel is getting into that contention. Whether he wins this week or not, I think he wants to be there in the hustle on Sunday afternoon. And the more you're there, the more you get comfortable with it. And uh, we're going to give away some tickets to the Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show and some lids, some tailor-made lids as well. But before we give that away, did you miss last week's show? Did you miss last week's announcement? Bob and Adam and I on Saturday mornings are going to TV, Golf Talk Canada Radio, which broadcasts broadcasts every Saturday on the TSN Radio Network, coast to coast, starting April 11th. April 11th, that would be the Saturday of the Masters, through to the end of the FedEx Cup season throughout the summer. We are going to broadcast Golf Talk Canada Radio also on TSN Television, on TSN2. So not only can you listen to GTC, you can also watch GTC. (laughs) Throughout the season, you can tune in and watch us uh, debate the news and headlines in the world of golf every Saturday morning live from 8 to 10 a.m. on TSN2. So that will be exciting to get ready for that and great weekend to kick it off Bob to do it Masters week as well and of course it'll line up with 20 weeks of TaylorMade yes which we're going to talk a lot of TaylorMade in the second half because we were at the performance uh, lab and getting all tuned up and uh, seeing some of the things that we're going to be giving away this year uh, 20 weeks of TaylorMade as we give away close to $20,000 in TaylorMade product across the summer of 20 weeks of TaylorMade that lines up now with our new radio on TV show and of course our uh, regular weekly TV show is back middle of March for the players championship okay Let's give away these two tickets now. The first caller, the first caller with the correct answer at 416-870-1050, 870-1050. The first caller with the correct answer is going to get two tickets to the Toronto Golf and Travel Paradise? Show. Oh, I thought it was two tickets to Paradise. Two tickets. Two. A little Eddie <laughs> exactly. There we go. The late great. Uh, two tickets to Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show and two tailor-made sim 
lids for the new upcoming golf season. We want to know this. Nick Taylor's looking for his second career win this week at Pebble Beach. Where was his only win? What tournament and what year? What tournament and what year did Nick Taylor win his only, his lone PGA Tour victory? 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Where did Nick Taylor and when did Nick Taylor win his first ever PGA Tour win? On the other side, winners weird and what? Our day at the performance lab. Leaderboard updates. And uh, we'll tee up uh, a little bit of that golf show because I'm going to go out there and shake some hands yeah, and kiss some babies sure. this afternoon as well. You know, give it my uh, Bill Please, Clinton. A note to people don't bring your baby. No, but- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. If you're in a market where you don't get two hours of GTC, make sure you get the podcast, iTunes, TSN, or you can listen to us online at iHeartRadio app. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision in the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit woodingtonlake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Waited so long. <laughs> you know, underrated. Yeah. You know, you, when when Eddie passed, what was that last year? Early last year, Eddie so, Money. Yeah. You start going back and 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 seeing some of the library of Eddie Money, and you go, ah, I like you know. Well, um, take me home tonight. One of the Take best pop songs ever. Tonight. Yeah, that is classic pop song. And for our younger audience listening to us, wanting to know what "Take Me Home Tonight" is. One day, if we're ever short a segment, I'll just sing for you guys. You, you know, could you that. do an Eddie Money I'll set? Sure. Maybe? Yeah, just all Eddie Tribute. Money tribute. <laughs> <laughs> we want to give a congratulations, Paul Kalinsky. Paul Kalinsky is our winner. Paul, congratulations! You knew. That Nick Taylor won the 2014 Sanderson Farms Championship as his lone PGA Tour win, and he's got a chance to get her done this weekend at Pebble Beach for his second in the Pro-Am, but he's got a lot of work to do. Of course, uh, yours truly going to be out at the uh, Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show at the Mississauga in Mississauga, the International Center this afternoon. I'm going to be there uh, roughly from 11 till 2 o'clock at the SmartGolfDeals.com booth. Going to go around, shake some hands as well. Some of our friends there, of course, our friends at Golf Ontario, PGA of Ontario, TJ Rule, Golfway Tours, a lot of our friends out there, so I look forward to seeing all of you. And come say hi to me at the SmartGolfDeals.com booth. And... uh, Paul, we're going to have those two tickets waiting for you at Will Call. Uh, So hopefully uh, those tickets will be there ready to pick up for you by 11 a.m. this morning is what I've been told. So hopefully by 11 a.m. those two tickets will be waiting for you at Will Call. And, of course, they're also available for tomorrow if you'd like to pick them up tomorrow. And um, 
and enjoy the Golf and Travel Show on Sunday as well. And, of course, it'll also be two tailor-made lids. All right, Bob, it is that time, our favorite time of the show. It is three-dub, winners, weird, and what? So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, Mark, uh, my winner this week is uh, a guy who was named to a list that includes Jimmy Butler, Rafa Nadal, um, LeBron James, Elliot Kipchoge, the sub-two-hour marathon runner. His name is Bryson DeChambeau, and do you know why he made that list? I have no clue. The Sports Illustrated came out with their 50 fittest athletes, and there's 25 women and 25 men. And Bryson DeChambeau has made the list as one of the 25 fittest athletes in the world. You're I guess. kidding me! No, and all because of his, <laughs> all of course because of his uh, his great uh, hard work and doing uh, off season. Yeah, it's basically based on the last year of what they've done, and they gave him credit for transforming his body, uh, doing things called core activation, and basically becoming just a uh, dedicated and crazy fitness guy. He works really super hard in the gym and. Um, I'm not sure if the benefits have paid off yet. We're still that right. jury is still out. Well, yet. certainly from a yardage off the tee standpoint, he's hitting it dramatically further than ever before. Yeah, hasn't ter- turn, hasn't translated to victories. Not yet, not yet. But it's early. But we'll see. But he's certainly, when you look at Bryson DeChambeau now compared to a year ago, there's yes. absolutely no. He's just one bad mood from turning green and <laughs> yeah, ripping his shirt exactly, off. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my weird this week. This is a good one. I got a good weird uh, this week. This takes us to Gloucester, Massachusetts. Ooh, I, the, uh, I would have bet we're in Florida. Okay, we're going no, to Massachusetts. Yeah, the uh, Bass Rocks <laughs> Golf Club uh, in Gloucester, and uh, police were called there after a uh, they, uh, they they got word of a man who was running through a backyard and a dog was chasing him. So the the owner of the dog called and said, um, you know, I was I, the dog was chasing after this guy, and I don't know what happened, but the dog disappeared for about an hour. I thought maybe the dog had gone away, but apparently. The, uh, they went out into a golf course. The man ran out there and decided he would take off all his clothes and sit in a yogi position. Now, the dog apparently came home fine, but the man is sitting on a green in the middle of winter in Gloucester, Massachusetts, uh, in the yogi position. He refused to leave, so police had to pick him up. He stayed in the yogi position as they carried him into the van and uh, carried him away. Uh, his name is Abby Flynn. He went missing for a while, around uh, 4 p.m., and they've been searching um, searching, for, looking for this guy apparently ever since. So we're not quite sure what happened, but there he is. There's a different version of squatter's rights, Bob. Right <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> My what is, um, you ever think about this? What kind of an effect can the coronavirus have on golf? Well, outside of the LPGA, what they announced yeah. last week, I, I really didn't think about it much. So PGA Tour China has ah. relocated their qualifying school. Uh, it was supposed to be in somewhere in China, right. and it's now going to be held in Indonesia. And now a lot of players are wondering if there's even going to be a season. So a couple of Canadian guys were, uh, were talked to. Uh, Peter Campbell and Miles Creighton were from Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and they, were, they had planned to go over and play on the 2020 season. Over there, but now they're waiting to hear what's going to happen. Is it going to? Are they going to allow people to travel in there? Is it going to be up in the air? Do they want to be over there? Yeah. And and like, is uh, it even worth going if right. you can at this? Exactly. Time? So now they're putting together contingency plans. The other part of this story is that there are a number of major golf manufacturers who have plants 
in China where they build the golf clubs. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of, a lot of uh, factory workers over there will come from far away, different provinces. They'll just come in, work there, stay there, live there, and then they go home to their provinces. They just had the big Chinese uh, lunar calendar New Year. Mm -hmm. So a lot, of the player, a lot of the manufacturer workers were away in different parts, and they don't know now whether to bring these people all back. They gave them some extra holidays. And so, are you suggesting yeah. that we should run out and load up on SIM and TP5 <laughs> yes, right now, exactly. Bob? Exactly, exactly. So there could be, there seriously could be some shortages if uh, these the coronavirus prevents the workers from getting into the factory. You know, I never even paused to even think Amazing, about right? it. But if Someone you do think about the reaction to all of it, it's a hundred percent right. This yeah. could trigger domino for a while. hopefully for a lot of reasons. Obviously, for the health of, of people first and foremost, that they get. You know, they get this wrapped up and handled and, you know, the Chinese government's been taking it very seriously and, and, and actually, you know, you know, what they've communicated to the rest of the world, you know, they're on top of this, yeah. right? So hopefully we get some positive results sooner than later. But it's, boy, it happened quick. It's there, a lot of side effects that you never think about. And golf is certainly down near the bottom of the list in importance, but it, uh, it could have an effect. Bob, you know, the death toll on uh, coronavirus is already at where SARS was. Yeah, that's, that's right. incredible if it's you think about it. Unbelievable. All those people trapped on the ships and Anyway, Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, my winner, Bob, this week is just when everybody is ready to write off Lefty. Phil's going to be 50 this year and he's turned into the internet social media darling. He's just Fun to watch, Phil. If you're talking about Phil Mickelson at all in the last six, seven, eight months, you're just simply talking about his Twitter feed because there hasn't been much golf to watch. And we've all kind of realized, hey, he's in great shape. We knew that. Man, he took off a lot of weight. He's maybe in the best shape of his life. And it takes a while for your body to get used to those new weights, etc. But I think a lot of us were going, okay, going to be 50 in June. It's kind of done for Phil, right? His last victory came a year ago this weekend. At Pebble Beach, what happens last week? Finishes third in Saudi Arabia. Where is he this week now at Pebble Beach? Third heading into the weekend, three shots back. Listen to the numbers. You want to talk horses for courses. Listen to these numbers on Phil Mickelson at Pebble Beach. Only ever wire-to-wire winner. He has five victories at Pebble Beach, nine top threes. He's earned over $7 million, and he's got 14 wins of the state of California, which ties him with Tiger Woods for first ever. So a historic potential Sunday for a lefty. Obviously, we're all pulling for Nick Taylor. We're going to homer this and hope that Taylor wins. But if lefty finds the winner's circle, he becomes the only six-time winner of the uh, AT&T wow. Pebble Beach, and he beats Tiger with 15 wins in the state of California for one. one in, it's almost a Hall of Fame career in the state of California for Phil Mickelson. It's it's a uh, like you said it's a it's a course for that horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, weird this week for me, and this is something you know. Listen, I'm not going to beat on the world golf rankings. They are what they are. I've always said that the FedEx Cup, although it is North American focused versus globally focused, is probably a, a better indicator of who's playing the best golf right now than, than anybody else. Um, if we look at the FedEx Cup right now, the leader's Justin Thomas. So maybe he is the best player. In fact, there's a lot of people that would make argument that he's the best player in the world right now. I don't know. But Rory McIlroy, as of Monday morning, Bob, will be the number one player in the world again. It'll be the first time he's been the number one player in the world since 2015. What's weird about it, he ain't playing golf. And neither is Brooks Koepka. Right. So we've got another shakeup 
not just in the standings, but in the key moment, the part of the the spot that everybody's aiming for, number one. That's you know what? If you're not number one, if you're number two, you're the second person to lose, right? Yeah. Like everybody wants that number one spot, and that's where the shakeup's happening. And it's shakeup's happening because neither Brooks or Rory is playing, so they're losing. They're losing points from. Two two years ago, falling off the yeah. system, and a year ago, and so yeah, some of the discounting some of the yeah. Dis- yeah. And if you read between the lines here, what's hurting Kepka is the gaps in the two year calendar window where they're picking up points. The two gaps in injuries is right. what was doing right. this is what's catching up with him now. But boy. There's got to be a better way of, <laughs> of getting a world number one, Bob, than, than getting it on your couch eating cheesies. Well, there's no perfect formula, that's for sure. I don't know how you find a formula that actually says it, but I think, I think if you ask the players, generally speaking, you said, ask somebody who's the best player in the world, they'll know who it is. And I think you're like, you hit the nail on the head. I think right now it's probably Justin Thomas. So we'll see. My what this week, I don't know if you caught this, but this is interesting. Now, we had uh, Craig Lockery on last week talking about the new world handicap system. Yes. And the new world handicap system has some uh, great uh, safety nets, for lack of a term, a term, in place to catch an anomalies in handicaps that weren't there under the previous uh, formulas. Mm-hmm. So that's good. We'll see how those roll out and how they work as, as we all get used to this new world handicap system. But the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I had the pleasure of uh, doing the winning interview to the Pro-Am team, Kevin Streelman and Larry Fitzgerald. Of course, the the great Arizona Cardinal wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald. They won the AT&T Pro-Am that year, and they won it uh, quite handily. Uh, Last year, in their title defense, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who won the Pro-Am that year as a 12 handicap, Mm. Last year played as a six handicap. They did not defend. (laughs) This year he has gone back from a six and has worked his way up to close to a nine ten. So the factor was, but the the factor is nine point oh, and they are leading again, tied for the lead. Him and Kevin Streelman. Now keep in mind that Kevin Streelman. Has barely made a birdie in this event, okay? <laughs> so the flags have gone up Whoop. at Pebble Beach. Now, this would not be the first time in history. Many years ago, That's Peter great. Jacobson and his uh, partner, which was a Japanese businessman, had the title stripped from them. That they did. That's right. They went back and checked on his handicap yes. and found a ah, little fudging going on there. So the, this week on uh, Golf Digest, they are suggesting, and they've looked at some numbers here, and they've got some scores posted for 2020. And start, he started the year as a 17.7, and it has worked down to, this is, I don't even, I'm looking at this chart, and it is dropping to 7.6, 9.1, back up to 12, I mean, it gets all, all over the place. You couldn't play enough golf to move it this much. Well, so there's something definitely there, there's and I'm not suggesting you, that there's anything. Uh, but did you see the Arizona Cardinals in the playoffs this year? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may have had a little extra time to play. Some extra time. time. So I'm not suggesting that there is any intent here because no one knows what the you know that obviously that. But there's certainly something strange going on with Larry Fitzgerald's factor. Yeah, and how it pertains to the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, Bob. I have heard that he plays a lot of golf, so maybe it just so does maybe go up playing. and down. But I don't know. I don't it's, know. Like you say, the, I say we don't know, and I'm not. Doesn't matter who you are when you win that tournament. The inquiry sign goes exactly, up. exactly. The, the, it, it gets up there, but 
I don't know. We'll see. It'd be nice to see if they win it. At, you know, it's kind of his handicaps kind of landed now in between where they were when he won it in 2017, where they, you know, where they couldn't defend it when it came down. Now yeah. it's kind of landed in the middle. Be interesting. <laughs> He's tied with uh, Kevin Streelman at 19 under par. Their team, as along with uh, Mickelson and Young and Meeker and Baker. So those are your amateur leaderboard. Of course, a long way to go in that one. But uh, listen. This is a co- this is a conversation we're having right here that every 19th hole in the country has <laughs> on a regular right. basis. Exactly so right. We'll see how that breaks down. On the other side, I showed you my new truss grip. Did you see the truss grip that I'm working on? Yes, I just tr- had to go through the explanation of how the heck you ended up finding it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truss grip was born from the invention of the truss putter line, mm. and we're going to get into that next. The new TaylorMade product line was released uh, this week, the truss putter system. Truss is a system that has been with us for years and generations and, and, and decades in construction and stability in other walks of life, bridges, buildings, skyscrapers, Truss is an engineering system that has given stability to infrastructure in all walks of life, but golf until now. We'll get into it next. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit woodingtonlake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And well, oh. Oh, I love it. No, they're not even telling me it's coming. <laughs> I'm going to get all every, worked up. Every Saturday, we should pick like a theme, and we'll have those uh, songs played. What do you I, think about I that? like that. Okay. I like it. Oh, oh, oh. Just going to let that rip for a bit. I feel young again when I hear that. <laughs> feel oh, like, God. I uh, feel like we're on... Um, the third floor retro night at Whiskey Saigon on a Sunday night. Cause ah. Sunday's the new Saturday, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh no, God. Not enough. We're out at Misty's at the airport, for those of you who are not oh. <laughs> All right. Let's get this back on track. Bob, did you see the truss putter system in line yesterday when you were at uh, the performance line? I did, and it's a really interesting concept. It makes a lot of sense, and the design to me is the real key. Yeah, I, like to me, I love things that immediately like make sense, where the mm. light bulb goes on. And this to me, when, when we saw this for the first time in December at the Kingdom, I immediately got it. I went, that's a no-brainer, and why has it taken so long? Exactly. With the rest of the world, in all other areas of engineering, they've been using this for many years, and we're going to run the interview in a moment, but, but I'm going to give you like the real Coles Notes uh, version on this. 
Very simple. If you, if you think of tennis rackets in the 60s and early 70s, those wooden tennis rackets that uh, Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe with the thin handles that would go straight up directly into the head and how flimsy and, and, and how unstable they were. And then as rackets, when they, when they introduced new materials in the 80s, and the rackets would all of a sudden spread at the top yeah. of the handle into a V shape. And that V shape at the top of the handle before you got to the actual uh, hitting surface area, the, the stability went from zero to 100 overnight, right. right? They have taken that V, that design of a V, which is used in all walks of life except golf, and they have put it now in the head of the putter. The hosel design on how they connect the head to the putter, and the beauty of this, Bob, is you don't see it from the top down. That's the best part. It is so clean. The MOI's gone through the roof on blade-style putters. Let's hear more about the Trust Putter line. All right, with Bill Price and Gus Alicio to talk putters here, and uh, it's all about trust in your putter, but this year it's about trust in your putter. You like that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, like, I, that I like that a lot. Uh, it starts with a classic blade design in the sense that there's still a need or a want from some of the better players, especially in the world, to have a classic look in a blade. But the problem is you've given up a lot until now. And that's really where this product starts with trust. Yeah, so we've been very successful over the last few years with Spider, right? So Spider is a whole different geometry. It's all about stability, a whole platform of stability for years. And so players have adapted to that. So there's still 40% of the players today that are more of this classic design. So they're giving up stability, like you said. So one of the things that we worked on over the years, 40,000 impacts uh, over, the, over the course of the putter lab, as you'll see, that this is 38 millimeters wide, so it's quite wide for where players hit the ball on the face of the putter, more towards the toe. So what we wanted to do is create something that has a little bit less twisting. So we know we can't get too big. We know this player is really precise and he wants something to look down at that looks just like a normal blade. So we had to look for a different way to solve this stability question, so we turned to the hosel. So with me here is Gus to kind of take you through a little bit of what and why we designed this this new uh, truss hosel. Yeah, so we went with this uh, truss design, which increases the amount of stability you have on your top line. So the way you're looking at it, you have less unsupported mass on your toe, which uh, in a better sense gives you a little bit less deflection on toe hits, and so. That way, uh, when you're talking about your 38 millimeter uh, dispersion on your face, you have a much more precise impact and it goes uh, truer to path. So one of the things, Gus, I think we talked about is one contact point versus, we call it two contact points, but really you're getting all this, this contact along the, the horizontal design of the putter because we're creating more support down here. So why the triangle? It's a load-bearing shape, right? Yeah, so the triangle is the strongest shape uh, geometry-wise, and so this provides the most uh, stiff face possible uh, for this putter. So what we see, we see this design in lots of engineering, in buildings, in bridges, in tennis rackets, how they've advanced over the years to go to larger heads and allow stability. It's all about stability. But one of the keys here is it has to look clean. You've hid this from the top down. So from a player standpoint, 
Uh, how long did, did you play with that? You must have played around with a bunch of designs until you felt comfortable with, the, with saying to yourselves, hey, I can't see this when I'm addressing the golf ball. There was a lot of challenges here because most important, just like you said, is you know this player likes to look at a classic, it's a classic blade and he doesn't want this to be too big. He wants to make sure it's classic. So designing this hosel, I know Gus was challenged with a lot of different designs and how to really make this, this look right to that player. Um, he had to hide some angles in here. But one of the most importantly is is great performance. Yeah. So we've got the truss, we've got the, the, the new hosel design, it comes in a blade version, it comes in a center shafted version. So there's a lot of different alignments. Obviously center shafted off the middle was always uh, from a scientific standpoint the best, but it, different off the toe and heel, you've addressed that now with this new hosel design. So many options, but We'd be, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the new spider. Well, because... before we go, oh, sorry. I mean, one of the things that we want to talk about is the center shaft. We're really excited about the center shaft because even though we have a heel shafted truss, um, it has greater properties, less twisting than a normal putter, but the center shaft, we're real excited because now we can take the truss design all the way from heel to toe. So this creates even better stability that we see. So, right especially on a 14-foot putt. So now the ball is can have a better chance of starting on line and staying on line and getting in the hole. So on the mallet, you see it all the way heel-toe. On the blade, because of the blade length, we really focused on just the middle part or the section in the center here where the ball's impacted the most. So we created the truss to be right in here. And we added some offsets for the center shaft. So they now we really want to change that whole center shafted market and we feel that we can't do this with trucks. Yeah, some of the numbers you showed us yesterday on the center shafted putter almost makes me feel bad. Like if I miss one, I'm really a bad putter. <laughs> I couldn't believe some of the, the, the opening and closing uh, percentages, how much you've gained, keep the ball in the hole, so yeah. to speak, on a, on a square putt. Um, Spider-S. Uh, this looks very different, Bill, than the other spider, spider line. It, it, in fact, when I looked at it, first of all, it looks fantastic. But spider didn't pop into my mind uh, instantaneously when I saw it. What, what's go this looks very That's, different. It's interesting how you said that because yes, yeah, spider so used to being having wings on it. Yes. So we've taken the first design that we had that had these giant wings and it became more of a box shape. So we refined that with X. X became more streamlined and thus the uh, success that Rory had with it. Uh, Rory had a great year putting with X. So one of the things that we have with players, different players today, is they do like somewhat of a little bit larger size. So S stood for square stability. So we have this squared out or we hollowed out the, the middle part. But what we did with through Gus and the team is be able to put tungsten weights and create this uh, triangular design that we have here with weights out here that are 48 grams uh, of tungsten and then a tungsten bar that's out here. So altogether, it's about 150 grams out of the 325 gram head. So almost 50% of it is tungsten positioned to create a bigger, a larger MOI. Huge MOI, I was shocked yesterday when we just held those weights. The amount of, of weight that you've added in, that, uh, in the tungsten, in the titanium, tremendous. So we're gonna see this on tour early next year. We'll see this on tour right around February when it's released out in the market. One of the things that we have is we brought back uh, an old patent that we have with designs. So we've got the, the three alignment lines that are on top of the putter. We're really excited about that. It makes it easier to line up to the hole. Always one of my favorite scoring lines. Guys, congratulations. This is tremendous stuff. Real advancements here, especially in trust. This is revolutionary. Going to be a great 2020. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Very cool product. Check it out. We'll be giving it away during 20 Weeks of TaylorMade this year on GTC. On the other side, Scully time. We'll talk a little performance lab, what we went through yesterday, what we learned, what we liked, and we'll also get in some leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. This GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. He's bold. You know, I am full of bold predictions. He's brash. I think Brooke is going to get one win next year. Just one. Will it be a major? No, but I think it's going to be in Canada. Oh, oh that would be good. He's ballistic. Producer Scully, could you come and uh, cut the uh, the beer tap off here? He's bonkers. Spraying his balls with his golf Excuse balls. Excuse me? Spraying his golf balls with water. It's Scully time. <laughs> You know, Bryson DeChambeau, like, spraying, yeah, that's a, that was, uh, that was an all-timer. That was in Charlotte at the Wells Fargo in the heat of summer where he started spring, or was it Atlanta at the Tour Ch- I think it was Wells Fargo. I think it was Wells Fargo. In May. Wow. Yeah. That's where he started spraying his balls with water. Mm. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, Bob had a great idea. Oh. Uh, we're going to pick a theme, like, this week it's Eddie Money, oh, obviously. Okay. Two. So we got to start like each week. And I think something we can add to that. I want Scully time each week to start with a, I want a squat and bench press update. I was going to say, I was going to say, do you want like for my music track to be like electronic music? Like a (laughs) something from a rave? No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, Where are we in the squatting and bench pressing universe right now? Are we pushing the limits? If we settle back in, we're we're not going full Bryson right now. Not full Bryson right now. We're doing some more reps. We're getting some more strength. Okay. My goal is actually. Yeah, we have a. I'd like I, to I know have a these goal. things. So, right. 2018 PGA Championship. Yes, Brooks Kepka said he can bench press 225 pounds right. 15 times. Ooh, wow, wow! I, I did it 10 times this week. So I'm I'm trying to get. Wow. I didn't have so, a spot. I could have got to 11, but I might have dropped right, right, the weight on my wanna, face. I got so. this. So you're you're at 10 225 10. My goal. Is to uh, not, uh, when I get out of bed in the morning, to try to almost be straight. Mm. Like, I'm not even, if like, straight's out of the equation. Like, I'm actually never going to get up and look like I am fully on the evolution scale at man. I'm always going to be a little crooked and hunched over. But if I could just get close to straight up, that's a physical victory for me. Something we did discuss yesterday that does relate back to golf is Phil Mickelson's done a lot of fasting. And yes, you and are now on the potentially I'm, I'm gonna try on this, the intermittent fasting. Yeah, I got to take five pounds off, and I'm being so lazy with it. Like it, lies, oh he lies. I'm uh like in the summer last year was 150 pounds, and now I'm like 155, 156, and I want to take it off, and I've been so lazy. I guess it's winter. Like last night, we went out for a nice dinner, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada and I, and we, you know, I. 
I had carbohydrates and a couple glasses of red wine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm being so lazy about this. And I'm thinking about this fasting, uh, trying the eight hours yeah. on. You eat your clean calories in eight hours, and then you fast for 16. I couldn't do that, man. I just like to eat too much. Yeah. Plus, you're active, Bob. You're, you are. You're, you if you know... You but can anyway. eat whatatever you want. You can yeah. run from here to Vancouver and back, right? <laughs> yeah, but still. I think you should do like the Bryson. Just pump yourself up. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I get in. I get oh, wider yeah. than I am taller. I just yeah. come in with no neck. Yeah. I'm having issues with my rotation. Now, speaking of issues, guys, we spent a great day. First of all, shout out to all the boys. All the boys, Nick and Chris and Graham and Kieran and Jared and Andrew and everybody up at the Performance Lab. Uh, who who spent an uh, agonizing amount of time with us yesterday. Uh, not only shooting vignettes for 20 Weeks of TaylorMade coming up again this year, but uh, getting our equipment fine-tuned for uh, 2020. And uh, so let's go around the horn here, Bob. Like, what was, what did they do? What did you get into? What was, was there any challenges or what did uh, you learn? No, nothing, nothing too much. Really, I had a lot of similarities to last year. I'd actually, in my swing, picked up uh, my club head speed had, Without this is not with the new versus old. This is just over the year, I guess. From when I was tested last year, I was about eight miles an hour faster, seven miles an hour faster. Oh, that is insane! I know it was just. I think I had a bad time last year. Right. So. But but you know when you talk to golf professionals, they always say, "I say, what are you working on?" And they say, "Oh, it's just fundamentals and fundamental." You think there's some secret key, but it's like grip, stance, posture. And one of the big things that I found with Jared noticed that I was hitting a lot of shots thin, which I tend to do anyway. Mm-hmm. But I had my ball position so far forward. And yet I thought it was kind of in the middle of my stance. Mm. And so he said, just, you know, obviously just said, move it back a bit. So it felt like I was hitting everything off the inside of my back foot. Um, but I did, when everything was straightened out and everything was good, I, was, I picked up some, some distance. You were in there time, smoking three, that four. seven iron when yeah. I walked in. You oh. were just hammering seven iron. You so, were smoking it. But, uh, but yeah, year over year, wasn't too much difference in shaft and things like that. So we'll see. It should be a good way to measure the new stuff versus the old stuff. The, uh, th- that ball position, I've... Crucial. Same here. I fight it all the time and always have to go back to fundamentals and work it back because I'm a chaser to begin with. I've always chased it forward. So, And as you chase it, it gets further forward. Gets right. further, and you got to peel back. Okay, hold on. Let's get these fundamentals back. You're 100%, right? And, and I'm on the opposite side of things. Like, I play the ball too far back in my Yeah, opinion. you're trappy, yeah. right? Yeah. Trap, trap, trap. So, now, before you went up, you text me. You caved your three wood in. I... <laughs> Did you hear this? I did. I saw it. <laughs> I did. I was at the, the simulators at Bayview Golf and Country Club, and I was hitting three woods, and uh, I hit a couple of good ones, and then I hit some shots that were going about 80 yards right, and I'm thinking, hmm. like, I know I'm not that accurate, but, but a constant flare yeah, so to the right. I look at the face, and it's literally caved in. I thought, oh, this mm. isn't good. This you know, is funny, funny, quick, funny no, no, story go, for go. you. So I, I had spent, I was down, I was saying, I was down doing a, an RBC event this week, and I talked to Roger Sloan. And he was playing at Torrey, and he cracked his driver right along the top seam. Yeah. And he said because of that, there was so much more trampoline, and he was hitting his ball 25 yards Oh, yeah, 100%. Further. And he said to the PJ rules officials, can I, do I have to take this out of the bag? He says, no, you don't have to do it under the new rules. I said, and he said, can I use it tomorrow? And he goes, yeah, you can, actually. Mm-hmm. But he said he was so far that he didn't really have an idea of how far it was going to go, so it was... Freaking them out, so he just used his three. When I played in uh, for my uh, PGA of Canada membership years ago, uh, out at Cambridge Golf Course, and you play in, I think at the time the year the in the years that I 
had to do it. I only went the one year, but it was uh, they've always moved the numbers around. I think it was 75, 75, I think. I, yeah, so you had to be right. 150 and 36 holes in the same day to, to get your, your PGA uh, of Canada membership qualification. Uh, and I did it the one time. And on the second round, I was using, uh, the, you know, how many years ago this is? This was a TaylorMade five, R, R580. Do you oh, remember yeah. those? Yeah. That's oh, how many yeah. years ago this was. And I remember how far, I mean, I was driving it in the second round obscenely far. It was ridiculous. Now, I was further back in those days anyway. But, I mean, even for the time, way, like, it was crazy. Five days later, my face completely smashed and caved in. So, now, going back and thinking about it, that face during that round was on the verge of collapsing and they get so thin over time, and as they get thinner, they get hotter. Mm-hmm. So a driver, theoretically, if you play a substantial amount of golf, let's say you play 100 rounds a year in practice, at the end of that season, that face is going to be hotter than it was the day you bought it. Nick Taylor, uh, who's leading, as we know, is mm-hmm. using an M2 driver, going back in words in technology. And yes. this is the second one he's had lately because the first one failed the CT test. Uh-huh. Just like what you there said, you it just got too thin. Got but, too thin. but he found, I guess he went on eBay or well, something. I don't know, found I, another yeah. M2. I want to know what you did in your fitting, but I'll pick, I'll pick up on mine because it picks up on what Bob is saying. Mm-hmm. I, I spin my driver at 1,300 RPMs. All the world's great, all this wonderful technology, with the exception of tw- Twistface to me has been like the biggest change for me. That and the five-piece golf ball in the last five, six years is, is like I'm hitting way more fairways. It's the straightest technology, so I really don't care about the distance, I'm not going to hit it further. I'm physically not as strong as I was 10 years ago, and I only uh, spin the golf ball at about 1,300 RPMs. So for me, it's about getting the spin up, and God bless Kieran. Like They should saint him. All the guys up there are great, but for what we did yesterday for two hours with the driver, they should just make him a saint and give him a parade down the middle of Woodbridge where the performance <laughs> lab is for what he had to do to get my spin rate. And we got my spin rates up to the point now where I'm feeling like I'm actually going to hit it. Maybe not further this year, but further, uh, more consistently further, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm not going to hit it any further, but I'm going to hit it my best more often mm. because he took the time to really get it custom and tweaked and the, all those painful things you need to do to get your spin rates up. And, and so thank you, Kieran. It was, it, it was a lot of work, but really happy leaving. Now, what did you uh, go through there? So sports? it was funny, actually. So uh, we went a couple weeks ago, and I was uh, initially fit into a Sim Max. Mm-hmm. I've recently had some swing changes, had some lessons for the yes. first time in five years. Yes. Novel idea. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then I had a bit of a secondary uh, adjustment with... Uh, with my swing instructor Mark Zucchino here yesterday, yes, yes. on my stance, and, and, I was who, like, and when and when I left, when, when did you hit it the best? Before I got there or after? Uh, probably the shot you saw, and then afterwards. There you yeah. go. So I wonder why. <laughs> so I was actually fit back into a sim driver nice. uh, with, I believe, some sort of Ventus shaft that DJ has or something. So. Yeah. Dustin Johnson and I. Are well, actually. obviously, obviously. Well, I, a couple times last year, people thought I was Dustin Johnson. I know what's happened in the to Hamilton you. area. You and I are going on tours, DJ and Sergio. Yeah, perfect, <laughs> perfect. I just, but no, it was, it was, a, it was a very. Before funny we go to break, because we have to break, because we have an interview to run in our final segment. We got leaderboards to do, lots to get to. My, what about my trust putter grip, boys? That's this is fascinating. Bob, what was your first reaction when you saw the trust putter grip? Uh, I thought you were back on the insane one. <laughs> I don't know. As I said to you, my first thought was, 
how did you ever come up with this? <laughs> yes. You explained it to yeah. me. You yes. explained it. Man, it's just like the most unusual looking grip. Not going to be able to get into it this week. It's too, it's too in-depth to get TV, into it. On TV, we can go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> ma- maybe in a couple of weeks we'll break down the trust putter grip. Because it ain't going to the golf course yet. Because I'm still putting well with, with the, the uh, way I was putting all the last year. Reverse, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like I don't, I don't have a reason to switch, but I've got something in the closet if this, I have to. This one looks like you can putt and wind your watch at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we had a lot of fun. Thank you to our, all of our friends up at TaylorMade. And can't wait to get the new stuff in the bag and looking forward to 20 weeks of TaylorMade. On the other side, leaderboard updates from the world of golf. And also, who are SmartGolfDeals.com other than our presenting sponsor at the Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show this year? So why should you go see SmartGolfDeals.com? We'll tell you next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by... The Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries of golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe could be. Visit adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Gotta love the Eddie Money. My time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, are you heading to the Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Mississauga in the International Convention Center? If you are, make sure you come say hello to me today. I'll be at the SmartGolfDeals.com booth uh, around 11 to 2. I'll probably complain about my back, talk to you about my new trust putter grip. I can give you all the inside secrets of what we do here at Golf Talk Canada during the break as uh, typically, uh, Scully bench presses Bob for about 10 to 12 reps. But they are smartgolfdeals.com is not only a sponsor of Golf Talk Canada, also the title sponsor at the Toronto Star Golf and Travel Show. We're really happy to have them on board. I spoke to John Chetty about what is smartgolfdeals.com. John, thanks for taking the time to join me this morning on Golf Talk Canada. Looking forward to getting out to the Toronto Golf Show and hanging out with you and the team at smartgolfdeals.com. But before we get to that, for our listeners wondering, what is SmartGolfDeals.com? Let us know. What is SmartGolfDeals.com? SmartGolfDeals.com is a website that allows golfers to access premium golf courses at the best rates of the year. We are not a discount uh, site. Instead, what we do is we promote the best golf courses in Ontario right now. So speaking of some of those best golf courses in Ontario right now, who are some of your partners that you can access these tee times with? And is there a plan to expand outside of Ontario? We are looking to expand outside of Ontario in the next four months. But presently we are associated with some of the greatest courses in Southern Ontario. We do represent Eagle's Nest. We do represent Woodington Lake, home of the Ontario Open, and our website lists all our great courses that we have, and we are constantly looking to add new courses that 
our customer base is excited to play. All right, so if you're planning on going to the Toronto Golf Show, you can come out and see me, you can come out and see John, and you can come check out smartgolffields.com. If not, go to smartgolffields.com for more information. Check out their course lineup and what they're all about and how you can access these great golf courses at an advantageous price. John, if they are coming to the Toronto Golf Show, which I know a lot of our listeners are probably poking around, maybe going to swing in on Saturday today or they're going to swing in tomorrow on Sunday, closing day. Why swing by the booth? Why check you out? Is there a promotion? Is there something they can take advantage of because they're attending the Toronto Golf Show? SmartGolfDeals.com will give anybody who signs up at the Toronto Golf Show or our current members that have signed up a one-time use password, which will be our greatest deal of the season at 30% off. And we also have some merchandising that we've joined up and we'd like to display and give all visitors an opportunity to get great deals on a few selected merchandise items. All right. So not only do you get the uh, merchandise, a few options like that, and some swag from SmartGolfFeels.com, you're getting an additional 30% off what is already a fantastic service and price. So if you're headed to the golf show, make sure you pop by smartgolffields.com or you will be missing out. John, thanks so much for your time. And I look forward to hanging out with you a bit this afternoon at the show and saying hi to some of the friends and some of our listeners that I know will be popping by. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you in a few hours. Thanks, and uh, we look forward to having you there. SmartGolfDeals.com booth to come say hello, check it out. Guys, lots to get through in the world of golf leaderboards. Bob, let's start with you. Uh, LPGA Tour playing the ISPS Hand uh, Vic Open. And uh, the leader is uh, Ayan Cho from uh, South Korea. She's at 12 under par. Madeline Sagstrom from, uh, from Sweden at 11 under. And there's Elena Sharp. She is two shots off the lead in third place. We'll go to the final round, which is basically being play- played tonight. Uh, with a chance to win, and she's in, playing in the final group as well. Also, the Corn Ferry Tour is the Country Club de Bogota Championship, and Camilo Villegas, a Colombian, is tied for the lead along with Jen uh, Vendertland. And uh, can- Canadian well-represented up there, Taylor Penrith, T6. Ben Silverman shot 63 yesterday, Woo! jumped up 32 spots. He's also three under already this morning, so he is in ninth spot. Uh, Also happening at that LPGA event is a co-sanctioned European Tour event happening on the same golf course at their ISPS Honda Vic Open, and uh, Wu Min Lee is your leader at 15 under par. That's good for a three-shot lead over Marcus Frazier and Travis Smythe. That's happening again as well tonight on the Golf Channel. Scully, Pebble Beach, what's happening on AT&T, the tour? AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Canadian Nick Taylor, a two-shot lead after two rounds. Could be a huge day for Canadian golf. Jason Day, two shots off the lead. Phil Mickelson, three shots back also in the mix. Charles Schwartzel, Dustin Johnson. Don't forget uh, third and fourth round coverage. TSN, 3 p.m. Eastern. Also on CTV. Very well done. All right, go Nick Taylor. Nice to see Jason Day playing well again. Two guys, one of the nicest guys in the world out there as well. Lefty Phil Mickelson saying, maybe I've got one more, AT&T and me. Just hitting bombs. Would love to see Nick pull this out, though. You want to talk one of the good guys as well. All the our Canadian boys are good guys, but Nick's been out there for so long, and I don't think he gets enough credit for the length of the steady career he's had. It's time for a second win, so go. Yep. Nick, boys, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend.
Have a great weekend. Enjoy the show. This I afternoon. will enjoy the Toronto Golf Show. Come say hello. Remember, guys, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues this year. We're kicking it off Masters Week. You need to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada, for your chance at close to $20,000 in product, including the grand prize, the custom set at the end of the year. So follow us on social media. Uh, uh, April 11th, Golf Talk Canada Radio, moving to TV, TSN2 every Saturday morning. And Players' Championship. Players' Championship Week, middle of March, we return to TV in our regular Wednesday time slot. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Woo! This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries of golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television Weekly on the TSN Television Network.